Today in Gamer Ed Radio, the NES turns 30. And like the NES, we're old and tired and need someone to blow us. Wait, what? No, blow in us. No, on us. No, wait. D- d- never mind. Gamer Ed Radio starts now. Hey you, listen to the the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we're starting right now. Uh, this is Game Red Radio. I'm Goat. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect there, but I'll accept that. I am Charlie Technotronicorn Worthley. Candy Mountain Charlie. I am Jonathan Santiago, aka Fallon Flynn. We're <laughs> for villains. Come on. Ah crap! See, I completely forgot. I am I am uh, wearing a Primus shirt, Goat. I totally fucked that up. Sorry guys. Yeah. yeah. I we we forgive you. All right. yeah, that's what you get for leading the, so the show. Just as long as you're wearing a fucking shirt, man. I don't know. If, <laughs> well, if it I... is a space monkey smoking a pipe, so it's fitting. There it is. It's good yeah. stuff. So, gentlemen, uh, what's what's going on with you this week? Or had gone on with you this week? Yes. Past tense. What happened <laughs> till now? <laughs> um, Kids are draining, man. I don't, uh, John, man, I don't envy what you have to look forward to. I mean, I do, but I don't just for my one day of... I mean, I, I imagine if you start at day one and, like, work up to it, it's a lot easier <laughs> yes. than just all of a sudden getting a seven-year-old well, yeah, I mean, for the oh, weekend. You, know. you got shotgunned into a seven-year-old? Yeah, uh, I've mentioned her before on the show. You might remember uh, Devil Girl as Bowser. Um, this is this is her, <laughs> um, um, our niece Addison. Um, every, uh, every, every year, uh, she, her birthday is on Halloween, actually. Awesome. And, um, yeah, if, that explains the devil part. Part. Yeah, exactly. If she doesn't grow up to be a goth kid, that's a missed opportunity. Um, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> her parents not, are going to love that. Uh, I've, I've told that them to their face before, and they're like, yeah. Please no, but yeah. Um, um, yeah, so uh, it, it's become like a yearly thing now um, that like at a weekend when we can make it happen uh, before her birthday, we, we bring her over and we just like go out and we do a bunch of fun stuff. Last year, Michelle, I like, took her to the zoo and yada, yada, yada. And um, so this year, Michelle took her out and um, she got uh, some color put in her hair. She got some blue tips put on the end. Looks look, looking good. Uh, well, you know, on that goth path. So that's right, Yeah, got to start uh, her off, man. <laughs> it's your fucking fault. Just yep. so you know, when yep. she gets there, just remember, you wish this for the poor um, girl. Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. Um, and um, so, yeah, jumping to the video game related parts. Uh, so she came over and um, uh, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you probably saw a picture of her, of me sitting on the couch with her sitting on my shoulders. Uh, we were playing Yoshi's Woolly World, uh, which I'll get to a little bit in uh, what Ooh. I was playing. Um, but uh, but yeah, that. And so we also played a little bit of Rock Band. Um, and um, those are the only two video games that we played. But then we watched a bunch of movies. And um, yeah, and then she and then she uh, she crashed at our house for the night. We actually drug our mattress from the bedroom out and put it down in front of the couch. And we just had like this blanket TV marathon video game party. And uh, that mattress quickly became a uh, like a tumbling mattress. And um, like she was she I, I lost track of the number of flips she had me do. I mean, it was just it was I'm, I'm very tired. You had a better <laughs> weekend than I have had last quarter of this year. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you had more fun in one weekend than I've had in the last three months. I'm sorry. It's OK. I blame school. <laughs> well, how was your week? Um, I spent the majority of my week. With the the ball sack of midterms resting upon my forehead, I didn't enjoy a moment of it. So that's not quite Arabian goggles, right? N- not quite. It's okay. close. Though. You didn't get gonzoed on this. No, no. <laughs> um, but thank God, as of recording, it's over, and and it can't hurt me anymore. Um, I had a pretty good week, though. Uh, we took my son out and, and did some. His birthday is we is this week, this coming mm-hmm. week on the twenty second. He will be a year old, and I am. One year closer to death. 
Um, well, we all are. So. Yeah, there's really, you know, but it, you really feel a sense of time for it when you create a person and they grow up and turn into a people right before your very eyes. That's fair. That's um, fair. But it, it's been a good week. We spent a lot. Of, I spent a lot of time with my son. Um, we we actually took him to like a pumpkin patch type thing today and like ran around with him and. Uh, getting ready for his little birthday thing. He's going to be like cowboy themed, which is great. Because then my dad is going to show up dressed as Colonel Gunn. You know, Perfect. Because any excuse to dress up as a gigantic 62-year-old grown-ass cowboy is... Yeah, I, I The grandson's birthday is obviously I can't the top wait list. to see what kind of insane shit I'm dressing up as in my 60s. Um, but but it was a busy week for me, but a good week. And I had a lot of fun with my family. What about you, Goat? What would you do? Uh, it was pretty uneventful. I worked a lot. Um, I walked about 900 miles as usual. Um Friday? Yeah, Friday. Went out, did some X-Wing. Uh, got my ass handed to me. Still, t- I heard that you tried to use a sniping unit uh, to, to attack a non-sniping unit, and as a result, um, you had a torpedo shot down your exhaust port. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> what happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the Empire is... Uh, Two and zero, but uh, to be fair, that game is difficult to play. I'm uh, I'm I'm doing well. It's just we I I we we went to a different ship size now. We're using the the medium ships. We're not mm-hmm. into the stupid large ships. The capital yet. ships yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're getting there, but we're like we're working our way up, and and the 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 base of your ship is how fast it moves. Yeah. And when your base is double the size you're used to. Your maneuverability becomes a crap. L- little bit mathematically <laughs> challenged. <laughs> for, to be clear, for everybody listening at home, we're not talking about a video game version of X-wing. We're no. talking about the Miniatures. tabletop miniature game for uh, X-wing, which is pretty fucking cool. It's Honestly. amazing. Does this work on real physics? So, like, if you accelerate, you continue until you decelerate. So, like, you can easily just like drift, like, past where you want to go if you're not paying attention to your oh, no, acceleration. Oh no, no, no. It's, it's by template. You move, you move template and stuff like that. The only okay. time you drift is if you get ioned. Yeah. Um, it is possible lose, to collide too. Okay. Yeah, you you, oh, okay. you lose all function of your ship, and it just drifts into space. One one uh, one movement, gotcha. or or to get boxed in, either intentionally or unintentionally by other units, yeah. and thus making it very difficult for you to do anything other than get shot in your ass. Hmm. It's a cool game. It's neat. It's just very time intensive, mm-hmm. and you have to do a lot of pre setup before you start the game. Because you have to attach all the little miniatures to like the yeah. stands with these little mm. see-through plastic and you have bits your, and your, your pilots and there's there's a yeah. lot of setup. There's a lot of buildup for. But it. we have we have a program that we've been using to where we have lists set up, so we yeah we pull before. Oh, okay, once okay. you start, <laughs> it's it's fairly it, go, it moves yeah. pretty quick. It's just the setup is is kind of yeah. can be a little. So, and to answer your question, uh, when you when you go off the board, when I showed that on Facebook, uh, instant death. Okay. Yeah. And a ship that size, uh, we had a ship, a larger ship that was running out of real estate that. Would have been detrimental to the Empire, but unfortunately he made the maneuver and it literally bit me in the ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, now, uh, what was I just going to say? Um, <laughs> we need to get you guys to come out and play is what we need. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to check it out. It definitely sounds interesting. You know, my, my biggest problem with, with, with games like this is the same problem that I have with the majority of science fiction TVs and movies. And, the, and that's the fact that it takes place in, in two dimensions. You know, it's... Uh, it's it's like the majority of like Star Trek Next Generation episodes, like explosions happen in a ring. Like, yeah. why are they happening in a ring and not in yeah. the sphere? Like, yeah. it's, uh, like when a planet blows up, or whatever. Like the beginning of Star Trek Six, for example. Yeah. Like, why is that just happened to be on the perfect plane? That ring of explosion mm-hmm. to hit everything in its path. Yep. That that it's that that it needs to hit for the story. It's just a little, a little annoying. But uh, so and, and so there is only. There is no verticality to this game, right? It's, no, it's only on two it's dimensions. Just, it's basically on a, uh, you're basically on an open. Sure. Game board. 
and you can float through your game board and you move and 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 stuff like that. Yeah, see, I don't know, man. That bugs me. That bugs the nerd in me. Yeah. <laughs> But see, it's it's for dogfighting. So I think once once you get into the dogfighting, that that third dimension will escape you because you'll be too focused on. It makes sense once predicting you're, once where you're, you're going. It, once you're playing it, it doesn't seem. No, to I'm sure it. the mechanics yeah. work for it. I'm sure they I'm sure they made it work. I mean, just it's uh, you know, if you're going to go to that much trouble to make something you know semi realistic, it's like you're sort of leaving out an important detail of making it <laughs> realistic. I don't know. I'm well, I mean, why don't they just put tiny engines in it and make a you know giant tiny world and have them fly around and we don't have to touch them at all. Well, now you're just talking silly, John. Oh, I mean, I legitimately in Charlie's game. In, in Charlie's game store, it's all holograms. That's it. That's and it. no money is to be made. That's right. I don't understand the problem with this. Until you're the owner of the game, going, ah, I'm broke. Glad you guys are having fun. Mm. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, still don't see the problem here. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, so in in uh, in getting back to uh, talking about video games mm. in a three D world, what comes out this week? That's right. Uh, so on October twentieth, uh, gentlemen, we have officially hit the um, shitstorm. Uh, yeah, we have hit. We officially <laughs> have hit the, uh, the the fall release uh, window here. Uh, the uh, October twentieth, uh, sit back and relax while I read this list. Uh, Guitar Hero Live <laughs> is coming out on the Xbox three hundred and sixty, Xbox One, PS three, PS four, and Wii U. Uh, just Dance 2016 on the PS3, PS4, Xbox One, Xbox 360, the Wii U, and the Wii. Uh, just, Wait, whoa, whoa, yeah, the you, Wii? Oh, stow that. Uh, oh, is it getting worse? Uh, Just Dance <laughs> Disney Party 2 uh, on the PS3, the PS4, the Xbox One, the Xbox 360, the Wii U, and the Wii. Uh, Gravity Falls, Legend of the Gnome Gemulets. See, ah, those are not. That's not words. <laughs> I do not accept it. Gem, gem, gemulets. Yeah, unless it's nemulets because gnome. I think they. I think they're probably doing that on purpose. Yeah. Uh, on the 3ds. Uh, anyway, it sounds like testicles. Uh, Ew. Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> um, Adventure Time: Finn and Jake Investigations on the PS3, the PS4, mm. the Xbox One, the Xbox 360, and the Wii U. Tales of Zestria on the PC, the PS3, and the PS4. Hasbro Family Fun Pack is getting a disc release on the PS4 and the Xbox One. That was a uh, previously a downloadable title. Um, in um, different, um, you know, different, uh, you could buy each of like the different board games individually, and apparently now they're putting them all, putting them all out on disc for the uh, for the holiday season because money. Uh, Life is Strange Episode Five on the PC, the PS3, the PS4, the Xbox 360, and the Xbox One. Um, Tales from the Borderlands Episode Five was supposed to come out last week, apparently, but it's been pushed to this coming week. Uh, it's coming out on the PC, the PS3, and the PS4 on the 20th, and then the next day on the 21st on the Xbox 360 and the Xbox One. Uh, Dragon Ball Z Extreme Buto Buto Den on the 3DS. Dang, made up words. Uh, <laughs> Code Realize on the Vita. Forced on the PS4. Oregon Trail Complete Edition on the PS4 and the Vita. Uh, it's crossed by. Uh, over. I, I don't. I don't know. That just blew Goat's mind. <laughs> Why the PS4 the Vita? It was originally like on the Wii. Why not put it on the Wii U? Uh, Look, everybody know. likes to die of dysentery on every platform. That's true. That's true. Uh, dysentery is platform agnostic. Mm. Um, Overlord Fellowship of Evil on the PS4 and the PC. Uh, Pocket God versus Desert Ashes. Maybe Desert Ashes, but I'm guessing it's Desert Ashes on the PS4 and the Vita. 
Uh, and Primal Carnage Extinction, which is not Primal Rage like I thought it was when I first read it. Uh, it's something completely different on the PS4. You got excited for a second. I did, you? in yeah. fact. Uh, on the 21st, already mentioned, uh, Tales of the Borderland Episode 5 on the 360 and the Xbox One. Episode's called The Vault of the Traveler, so I'm looking forward to that. And on the 22nd, Fatal Frame, Maiden of Blackwater, another Fatal Frame game. I didn't even know they were making a Fatal Frame game. But the trailer popped up for it earlier this week, and it actually looks pretty good. Nice. I I imagine there's going to be some use of the the, the Wii U gamepad as your camera, because that makes perfect sense. You are completely correct. Yep. Uh, And on the 23rd, Assassin's Creed Syndicate on the PS4 and the Xbox One. Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes on the 3DS. And Warhammer End Times, uh, another made-up word, I think, is Vermintide, Vermintide on the PC. And then also, just a reminder, now that we are in the second half of the month, um, your free Xbox Live game uh, for the rest of the month on both the Xbox 360 and the Xbox One on their respective platforms is the entire first season of The Walking Dead. Not too shabby. Not at all. Um, what are you guys looking forward to on this list? The only thing I'm interested in, really, is Assassin's Creed, mm-hmm. but... Everybody knows I'm hesitant right now. What surprises me is is that they're putting traditionally Assassin's Creed games come out in November. Like that sort of golden window of November just before Black Friday is normally sure. when it comes out. But they're doing it like a month early. Uh, I don't feel like they trumpeted the release of this one on in October either. But they were concerned about the quality control issues from the last one. But they mm-hmm. gave themselves less time to finish this one. And make sure that it's done properly. They did cut the multiplayer out of it altogether. There's no multiplayer component for this one. And they said they did that in order to make sure all parties are focused on putting out a finished game. Good. They also killed off their initiates program very quietly without saying a word. Because uh, it was, you know, buy our products and use points to unlock things in the game. Which people were like, well, I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's fair. John, John, you're missing the idea here. So the actual game comes out this month. Yeah. Right? It to me busted as shit, so when they normally put it out, the patch will be ready that day. <laughs> See, I know there's going to be a day one patch for this. I just know there's got to be. But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and stake on that the game is fairly functional when they put this one out. Because the general kind of feeling in the Assassin's Creed community is, is that if this one does not perform properly... The 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 oh, I guess ship's it, going down. I, I guess we are at the broken one. Shame on That's you. It. We are on the shame well, on me. Well, it's not just the broken thing. It. It's just so many things they've done wrong in the last two years, and ultimately with this one. Have, you, have either of you looked at any of the story trailers for this game? Uh, I actually saw one. There, there was an extended trailer that played uh, during uh, football today. It looks substantially more interesting than Unity, and yep. it actually looks entertaining. It yep. looks you know but we'll see uh michelle's like "Ooh, this actually looks kind of cool like are you gonna are you gonna play this i'm like i'm too behind um she's like oh man you're gonna have to get caught up well (laughs) well see you in a couple months man (laughs) see you in the summer yeah Um, exactly yeah it it looks Um, good i'm cautiously optimistic yeah but for me a lot of it's going to depend on what they do with it when they get out of the animus because i was not impressed with what they've done in the last couple games anyways I'm looking forward to Guitar Hero Live just because I really want to play that new guitar controller. Um, really interested to, to check that out. Um, and aside from that, I mean, I, I'm I'm interested in Syndicate, but as I just said, I'm two games behind, so I won't be playing that anytime soon. And um, and then of course, uh, uh, Tales from the Borderlands. Um, right on. Yep, should be good times. Goat, you looking forward to anything on here? Yeah, I mean, Fatal Frame's gonna be cool. Like, I just want to see what it's about. I mean, oh yeah, Fatal Just Frame. Dance Disney Party Two, I'm sure, is on uh, your short list. No, it is Oof. not. Um, <laughs> Tales of the Borderlands is on my list, but I'm too behind mm-hmm. <laughs> at the moment in episodes. Um, so I need to get my shit together and get that caught up so I can enjoy the fifth episode there. Um, 
Guitar Hero, I kind of want to see Charlie's copy just to see what the new guitar looks like, and that's about it. There's really nothing else. I mean, I have no interest in Assassin's Creed. I tried. Yeah. And... But you're not an open world game person, so I I mean, am not. It's, it's reasonable to say that uh, it, it shouldn't interest you then. So, so speaking of what we're looking forward to, uh, why don't we cover what we've played? Uh, let's start with uh, Charlie. Woo! Um, okay, so um, as I mentioned, um, uh, when our niece Addison uh, was over with us, um, Yoshi's Woolly World. Um, so first of all, a, a couple pro tips out there to people who are making uh, bad assumptions like I did. Um, so first of all, the multiplayer is, um, I was just, for whatever reason, I just, I, I, as opposed to finding out, like I could have easily done, I just assumed that the multiplayer was going to be more than two players. It is not. Um, I was hoping that, uh, all three of us, Michelle, myself, and Addison be able to play at the same time. Nope, it's only two. Um, but it is two. Um, and then the other thing is that with the Yarn Yoshi Amiibos, uh, incorrectly assumed that, um... Like, uh, so, so I got the bundle that comes with the green one and then I got the pink one, of course, for Michelle, um, because I, I assumed that, you know, to get the pink one for her to play as a pink one, I'd have to get the pink one so that I could pop it into the game so she could play as the pink one. And then, um, Addison, it just so happens that her favorite color is blue and that's the third amiibo. And so, um, I then went on a, uh, on, on a journey, on a quest to to obtain the blue uh, Yoshi Amiibo, which I did. I managed to get uh, all three of them. And uh, I'm not an Amiibo collector, just in case you're just joining us. Um, that, that's not my thing. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, this is... This in was... the light of keeping the women in your life happy. That, yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, But, yeah, it turns out the multiplayer, the, uh, quite literally, the yarn Yoshi Amiibos are completely useless. You try and use one and it says, oh, hey, you can use this in single player. You should do that later. Um, is basically the message that it gets. But you. does it does it produce the color amiibo that you want in single, single player? In multiplayer, player. it's literally all it does is give you a message that you can't use it. You can only use it in single player. Boo shit! Boo shit! Boo shit! Um, and even on top of that, so uh, so when you pop uh, one of the Yoshi amiibos into the game, um, when you're playing as single player, um, if you remember from the most recent um, Mario 3D World, when you got the, uh, I can't remember what the actual power-up was at this point, but it was the one that made duplicates of yourself, um, That it does that. It puts a second um, Yoshi in the game with you, and it just it perfectly mirrors your movements. When you jump, it jumps. When you walk, Hi. it walks. When you throw, it throws. Um, and so uh, scanning in one of the yarn yoshi amiibos just does that and that's it and you have this companion and of course if that character dies you know it's sort of like a you know it's sort of like a like a, like like a safety net like a like, like a free life and of course then you like can just... the galaga twin ship yeah, exactly but then at any time of course you can take another one you know if that you were to lose that character one of your characters you could just pick up your yoshi amiibo and pop another one right back in and the only difference between the three which one you put in is the color like they don't have different abilities hmm. you don't get anything special as far as i can tell from scanning all three of them in because i did uh, the blue one, just to be clear, was at was a birthday present towards Addison, so that went home right with her. But um, that discrepancy aside, how did you feel about the game? Um, so we played through the first couple le- levels. Um, it is adorable. Um, <laughs> it is. Uh, I mean, it's they. You know, they they took the theme of it being fabric and yarn, and I mean, like they they really went to town with it. Right I mean, being able to unravel like secret paths. And, um, like, you know, if you, if you see, if, so if you come up to a wall and you see like a, like a loose thread hanging off of it, you can do the Yoshi tongue, grab the thread and pull it and it will like unravel so that to expose like a secret path, you know, to, to find, you know, coins or, or whatever. Um, the, um, the, 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 the gist of the game is that, uh, um, can't remember the character's name, but the, the magic Koopa, yeah. um, he, um, he shows up at the yarn Yoshi party. They're already yarn. 
and um, he shows up, and then he says, "I'm going to turn you all into like into yarn balls." And so, like, if you've ever if you've ever seen like the way they sell yarn in the store, where it's like that, it's like a shape like a pill, oh, like yeah. a giant yarn pill. Mm-hmm. Um, he like casts a spell on all the Yoshi's, and they turn into these things, and he sucks them all up. But then, as uh, a couple of the Yoshi's hide. And then as he's flying away, they come back out and they try to get, you know, the bag that he's collected all the yarn in. And then he's rip a hole in it. And then as he's flying away, they, he sprinkles, you know, all like the, the yarn that makes up their friends across, you know, the land. And so from that point on, the, the point of the game is to play through the levels. And then each of the levels, there's five of uh, these yarn balls that you can f- find. And then if you find all of the all the ones in a level, then you basically uh, put back together um a friend that is themed after that level so there's like in the first one we put back together like a flower pattern yoshi and the second one we put that back together like a like a like a forest pattern yoshi and then at any point you can uh again no different abilities these, these are just skins but you can you can change into that pattern just for the fun of it um and then if you uh tap in other normal amiibos like from smash brothers or whatever um they will produce um they will turn your yoshi not create a second one like only the yarn ones do um they will um just uh, reskin your your Yoshi into like something similar. So like I tap the Mario one on, and it put me in like overalls with like a mustache pattern on my nose and like a little hat and everything. Mm. And so, um, but yeah, no, it's adorably cute. I've only played through a couple levels, so I'm not gonna really like comment further on like what I think of the game because I haven't played enough to be able to comment on. But initial, um, aside from the multiplayer pseudo disappointments, especially with the money, I really didn't need to spend on the uh, amiibos. Um, I'm enjoying it. Right so on. that's that. Finally, a shittier villain than than my band. Um, like of all the things you could do, like I'm going to kill your family and burn down your house, <laughs> or turn you into yarn. Yes, that. <laughs> yeah, it's like the like I don't. Hey, at least it's not Bowser. I mean, at least it's they're true. mixing it up a little bit. That's true. I'm sure. I'm sure he's working at the behest of Bowser, but um, you know, it's. Uh... I, I'm sure. I'm probably the because I'm a tremendous fucking nerd. That every time you talked about the you know unraveling the little sections where the you know the little secret passages, mm-hmm. I just want Yoshi to roll up, start unraveling those sections, and just have like snippets of the Weezer song undone start playing <laughs> <laughs> whenever you know just like random chunks of that that song. Um, Excellent. Never happened in a million years, but that's where my mind went. Uh, I no, it will not. Um, aside from that, uh, I'll also play a little bit of Metal Gear. Um, I am going to. Um, uh, go back to my plan uh, like I mentioned last week I'm going to do everything I can to just power through the story there um, just 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 to get it off my backlog because <laughs> dear lord um, uh, as I mentioned played a little bit of Rock Band 4 and then um, also um, played the first two uh, chapters of the first episode of Minecraft Story Mode um, I am so far not impressed really to be perfectly honest now maybe now again only two chapters out of like six or seven or whatever in um, but so far, um, and not a Minecraft fan at all. Yeah. So it, that, that's true. So the fact you that put I'm, that in there, <laughs> yeah. So, so the fact that I'm not a Minecraft fan, I'm sure I'm probably missing out on like inside jokes and things like that, that, uh, and references that, um, that I would other, otherwise might make my experience more enjoyable, but just generally speaking, like the, like the voice acting is decent, but I mean, there's nothing to say about the character design. Everybody's made of blocks. Um, there, there's a lot of pop in and pop out of backgrounds. Really, of um, that is also probably based on the stylistic. The, the game doesn't have the biggest draw distance, and so okay. as you're as you're traversing the world, there is a lot of like fading. No, I mean like you're out. standing still. I mean like uh. it's um, is it like you're having like two characters are having a conversation, and the camera will just switch. It will be just two static camera angles switching back and forth between the characters, and while you're looking at one character. In the background, like trees will like appear, disappear, appear, disappear in in a single shot. 
Like I, I don't recall. I used to play a lot of Minecraft. I yeah. don't recall that necessarily being a thing. I don't think that's there on purpose, like as like a nod. Mm. I think that's just some bad coding, to be perfectly honest. Um, because it it it's not presented in a way that I think it's it's a nod. I think it's just bad. Uh, I think it's just a, I think it's just glitchy. General indifference to Minecraft aside, how is the the story portion? The story is meh. Yeah. I mean, so far, again, yeah. only two chapters yeah. in, yeah. but um, I mean, the, the gist of the story so far, I mean, like very, very mild spoilers, I guess, is that um, your pig has ran away and you're trying to get it back. Hmm. Yep. Seems within the vein of the uh, source material, though. And see, but that's that's the thing that I didn't previously consider. I mean, like, this is, I mean, like, you know, the the thing that makes the previous Telltale games good are, like, the moral decisions and, like, the dilemmas that it makes you, you know, that it forces upon you. Like, yeah. with Walking Dead, like, who lives and who dies? I mean, like, I, I, I'm having a hard time seeing those kinds of decisions and those, the, that impactful of a story, like, applying here. Just because it's so lighthearted and it's so vanilla. It's so kid-friendly. I just... I mean, like, maybe it's going to get dark on me. I don't know. But uh, right now, I'm just... I'm, I'm kind of feeling like I'm a little... I feel like I'm kind of kind of playing a Lego game without the humor. Yeah, man. You're going to have to walk away from that kid-friendly game and go back to Yoshi's Woolly World. <laughs> or something. But um, I... Um, yeah, actually. Um, but I think that's the idea of it, is the fact that, like, Daddy's playing Walking Dead and the kid wants to play something like it, and this is for them. It's them yeah, that getting, may, another, that may be a good point. getting another another pool in the, uh, into the episodic fountain. And, and you know, and, and that's perfectly fine. I mean, like, if, that's, that, if that is what it is, it's doing that well, mm-hmm. I just don't think that's for me, for if that's what it continues to be. Um, I will finish the first episode, but currently, if I had to decide right now, like at this moment, again, only two chapters in, um, I would not be picking up the rest of the season, at the very sure. least until it went on sale. Right on. Um, but, uh, yeah. Don't worry, listeners. I will pick up the slack, and I will go through it, because I, I have a telltale problem, and I'm okay with admitting it. I mean, I thought I did, too, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but... Um, yeah. But I think the, the twist here is I actually I do like the Minecraft part. Yeah, of it, so, so you've got that going for you. So that, yeah. that may help you out. Yeah. But uh, that's everything for me this week. What about you, John? I, I got some, uh, some different stuff in this week. Uh, Goat was kindly enough to lend me his copy of NES Remix for uh, the 3DS. He had tried to explain it to me a while back, and I, I understood what he was saying, but I didn't understand what he was saying. <laughs> you, have is, to, you have to see this game to understand it's it. It's fucking weird is what it is. <laughs> so it's like... It's basically a series of challenges that take place in a, a, a bunch of different Nintendo titles. Like, little challenges. Like, let's say the Punch-Out group. So, it's almost mm-hmm. like the... It's almost set up like the PlayStation Cross Media Bar, where you go left to right to pick, like, Punch-Out or Kid Icarus or Zelda or Donkey Kong or Donkey Kong Jr. Or, uh, I mean, Mario just whatever. Whatever it is, yeah. And then once you select the title, you go up and down to select challenge one through however many. And then in very traditional Nintendo fashion, depending on how quickly, how well, and whether or not you lose lives or don't lose lives in each challenge, you collect fucking stars. So, <laughs> um, like, let's say you open up and get a certain amount of stars. Then it opens up these special remix levels that are a series of the various different games that are kind of harder challenges that have a limited amount of lives or short timers make it difficult to do so but it's really strange because like you launch into like some of the some of the the challenges aren't challenging at all some of them are like uh punch out um use a power uppercut to punch flamenco joe in his face or or glass joe in his face (laughs) 
I did that. And you go, root, 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 and it goes ding, ding, and then it stops and it says, yeah, you did the fucking challenge, you get three stars and shit, because you were fast. So it sounds like a like a WarioWare game almost. It's really strange. Um, and then like, you play the WarioWare games? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've played them. Okay. It, but it's, it, it like is like a kookiness. variety, but it's like, it is a variety game like that. Yeah. But like a variety game featuring 8-bit Nintendo games. You know, so it's really strange. Weird. Um, I, I did find that it was a, like, if I had 10 minutes while I was waiting for something for 10 minutes, I did pull my 3DS out while I was waiting for, for a pizza to be cooked. Uh, like, literally at an eatery waiting to carry it out. I just sat nice. there and played it for 10 minutes and felt fulfilled by that. Or, or you know, I, I say this a lot, but it's a great pooping game, <laughs> you know. And um, I want you to think about that, too, next time you're handling your cartridge. I, I did have that cartridge in the bathroom with me while I was pooping, so... Oh, I've trumped you. This one on tour with me. Ew. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known better. I should have known that I was, I was going to be outgunned on this one. Um, yeah, but but I, I enjoyed it. I was fairly indifferent to it. Had you not let me borrow it, I probably wouldn't have ventured forward, and I definitely wouldn't pay more than like 10 bucks for it, even though it retails for more than that currently and used is more than that. So um, I kind okay. of hope, you know, with Nintendo's comments about them moving to mobile, I hope this, that's the kind of thing they'll end up putting out on mobile, because that sounds perfect for a mobile game. No, it'd be absolutely perfect. It, it, that's the kind of format that they would have for, for anything mobile. I would buy that, because that's that's a 5 or like I said, $10 game. I'd be perfectly okay with yep. that. Um, I, I finished Battlefield Hardline's campaign. It was exactly what I needed at a time when I have no fucking time to play anything. It was short. It was like a 6 to 8 hour romp. Each chapter lasted about 40 minutes. Perfect. Uh, there were 10 chapters, uh, and it, with the exception of one chapter where it got really fucking weird, despite the mediocre reviews that this game got, I suspect largely because the multiplayer facet, that that's why most people bought it, was fairly mediocre. Um, the campaign was actually probably one of the better first-person shooter campaigns I've seen in a while because they were trying to make a police drama. It wasn't just walk into a room and shoot everything up. Actually, yeah. I spent most of the game not shooting at anything and really? trying to arrest everybody. Oh. Because you can. Or you can subdue so like, them passively. Is there, aside from score, is there a benefit to arresting you, people as opposed yeah, to shooting like, them? What's, there's this neat thing. At the, end of every, at the beginning of every level before you go in, mm-hmm. you, get, you see like the dossier for the case you're on or whatever. And there's pictures. It starts out as one guy, but I think it ends up to be a maximum of four toward the end of the game as a chapter where you get this scanner thing that almost looks like the detective vision in Dark Knight. I think I mentioned that last week. Mm-hmm. You can scan guys, and certain guys come up with, they're one of the guys you're supposed to arrest. You can arrest anybody, but if you can manage to arrest these guys without killing them or riling them up to a firefight to a point where you have to kill them, then you unlock parts for guns that you that you can access in the game oh, okay. or use All right. uh, in the campaign and achievements sometimes and stuff. Um, I played it pretty covert, but... Even though there were some stupid things in it, because it's a fucking first-person shooting, you know, drama game, it it was pretty entertaining. It felt like I was playing a, a shitty cop show, a shitty like procedural cop show. It was entertaining, you know. I enjoyed it, uh, specifically because it wasn't about you know foreign terrorists or you know it was about crooked police officers and you know smuggling drugs and doing bad you know bad cop bullshit. So it was fun. Uh, the fact that they tried to bookend it like a TV show, like I said last week, was really enjoyable to me for some reason. And the production value was high. The game, I don't think I once, while I was playing the campaign, did it dip below 60 frames. Like, it looked nice. outstanding. Um, and some of the facial animations for, were, were really good, too. Uh, they used real actors. The people who did the voices were the faces. You'll recognize people from this game. You'll go, I know that guy. I've seen that guy. Oh, oh they like, they and scan I think the, like, act, the voice um, actors? Yeah, Kelly Hugh, nice. or Who, or whatever, however you say it. Um, she was in X-Men 2. 
Um, mm-hmm. She's in the game and she plays your partner and it's her doing the mocap during nice. the voiceover and her, they use her face. Um, so it, it was a pretty enjoyable game uh, in that front. I touched very little of the multiplayer because I, I extensively played the beta and I wasn't that impressed with it even though I like the Battlefield series online. Um, and then I, when I finished that, I started playing Mad Max. How is that? I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's, I guess it doesn't really do anything much better or much worse than the average open world game. But I will say this, the world, despite being a barren wasteland looks fucking great. Like, and the draw distance seems like it goes on forever. There are sections when I was looking at it from a cliff or a hillside where I was like, Oh man, that, that background looks great. I wonder who painted that. Oh wait, that's the fucking landscape. That's not painted. Like you can, it looks like you could drive forever in this game. The map is pretty large as far as I can tell too. But what I enjoy about it is they, they, they built in scavenging and survival needs. Like your health is tied to your water. You have to drink water a lot to stay healthy. Um, but there's very limited water and you can fill the canteen up in like little areas where you find water and um, you can give water to passerbys that are starving and they'll give you tips on where to find hidden things. You're constantly looking for parts and scrap to upgrade your car with. This may be the open world game that goat might like this. This game's got a lot of goat in it. Really? It's, got a lot of, it's, it's surly. It's salty. It's about driving fast and crashing into things and, yeah, it might I be. mean, it, it is. And you've got this weird little companion. They did some smart things. Your car, when you're out in the wasteland, starts off just being a car. You're just driving. But then they keep adding layers to it. And I'm really early in. I'm probably only two hours into this. Um, you've got this little companion named Chum Bucket that stands in the back. And he's this crazy, like, uh, he's, he's deformed. He kind of reminds me of the character from... Um, 300 that wanted to fight with him but he was he was deformed and they wouldn't let him oh fight yeah, him. yeah he reminds me of that guy he's very similar kind of character he is a brilliant mechanic and he anytime you stop moving let's say you get into a tussle with a couple cars and they smash into you and you smash into them and there are moves where you can dart to the left and smash into them to do damage and you can do like nitrous boosts to crash into them and cause damage anytime you stop moving if you hit up on the D-pad, he'll crawl out of the back of the car and start fixing it in real time. Or let's say I got into a fight where these two cars attacked me, these two warboy cars attacked me, and my car was on fire and on the verge of explosion. So I dove out of it, and it skids out, and he's still in the back holding on for dear life. Well, the two cars, of course, turn their sights on running me over. If you're not in the car and the car has damage on it, he gets out and starts fixing it anyways. So I'm like dodging and rolling out of the way of being run over and I pull out, you can do these quick attacks with a shotgun, but you get very limited ammunition and you can target a tire or a gas tank or something. And the one car is charging me. I double tap B and it fires at the tire and blows the tire off and they have to get out of that car. So then I'm fist fighting with these two war boys while the other car is trying to run me down. And it's just, it's a really, um, the combat system is straight up Arkham Knight. Okay. It's, you know, press Y to counter. And then if, if you played that, you can play Mad Max, but it does feel visceral and brutal. Um, there's a lot of like scrap collecting and, and you can upgrade bases and you, you get a dog companion named Dinky D. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it, the dog helps you. The dog can scout out certain things. Mines. If there are mines out in the desert, he can, he'll bark at them and it marks them on the map. 
Um, you can get a sniper rifle and fire from the back of the car. And like, there's all these things that as you upgrade it, it gets better and better, you know? I'm sure it's not, but I can't help but wonder if Dinky D is like a nod at Double D, the, the, uh, or, uh, or DD, I should say, the, the dog from, from, uh, from Metal, Metal Gear Solid 5. I wonder. I wonder. Oh, you know what? No, actually, I think the Dinky D reference is if you've ever seen the original Mad Max Road Warrior. Long um, time ago. It, the or not that one the, actually the, the second one he's a Thunderdome like mm. some of the food whenever they find it scarcely it's like dog food and I think the brand was Dinky D oh okay Dinky okay, right. and then D-I Dinky D okay, All right, um, okay. and uh, so I think that might have been what it was but um, I'm still pretty early in on it it looks pretty good um, a couple of odd animations the jumping is worthless I don't even know why they put a fucking jump <laughs> in. and it's mapped to left trigger so it feels completely out of oh place. that's weird um, go, you'll be pleased to know that while you're driving left trigger does break though like, <laughs> God. Um, the handling on the cars starts out really shitty but I, I thought that was just how like bad physics program but as you upgrade the car the oh. handling improves the traction improves and you know but some games just have bad fucking handling on yep. their cars yeah. um, this might be my Arkham Knight <laughs> this might be this might be it's it's salty and angry and gritty and it's and about car based. fucking yeah it's about <laughs> upgrading your car don't expect like you know, uh, this is not Grand uh, Turismo. Forza in the levels of customization. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Guts of your engine. It's very arcadey, <laughs> yeah. but it's fun. And the cars feel weighty and they sound tough, and there's a lot of cool things you can do with it. I recommend it for you for sure. I recommend it for you. I think, Charlie, you would like it. Sounds like I would. Voiceover work is questionable. I don't okay. really like their character model for Max either. He doesn't look right to me. He looks, he looks too wimpy to be Max to me. He mm. just looks like some dude. You know. Do you think they they just couldn't get the? Uh, I mean, is it supposed to look like Tom Hardy, or is no, it clearly no, not Tom Hardy? No, it's supposed to be their own Max because they couldn't just, get the the rights or license to like model him or whatever. To me. I don't think this is supposed to be a movie game. I think this is just supposed to be a Mad Max. Well, game. it does tie into the movies in a way because like, are there the, other movie characters in it? No, okay. but have you both of you seen Fury Road? Not yet. Okay, I strongly recommend you it's, watch that movie the next time you have a chance. Sitting on my uh, in, in my two watched pile, you'll want to pause that movie and just examine things is yep. beautiful yeah um the villain in that is called immortan joe mm-hmm. and he has a few sons in that movie and the villain of this game is one of the sons that's not in the movie the oh. villain for this game's name is scabarus scrotus perfect and uh he he's the you know the, so the, does he have the mouth there open? <laughs> <No>. scrotus <laughs> i don't want to know what is happening with his scrotus um I, it sounds like it's scabby Yes. There's a yes. cream for that. Well, maybe not post-apocalyptic. Gross. Um, CVS has been blown up. Somebody just got some it sand ties in the into wrong that, place. Yeah. And then there are a couple places in in Fury Road that they mention. One is called Gas Town, and the mm-hmm. other one is called The Bullet Farm. And both of them are in this game. Okay. You know, um, I think... So minor ties. I think this game takes place... It feels like it takes place just after Fury Road. Okay. But that you don't need to know anything about it to enjoy it. So. Um, as far as I've, there are no other characters that I know of that are in the game from previous movies, but it's good. I recommend it highly. Um, I played a very small amount of Star Trek Online, uh, just because I get the itch every once in a while, and uh, I think that was it for me this week. Is that free to play at this point, or do you entirely free to play? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. I recommend you... it, even though you're not an MMO guy. I suggest you play. Uh, it's it. not going to happen. I know. <laughs> so why would you tell him that? I suggest you play it because I don't have time to play MMOs. Like that will not happen. Um, Real quick, just just side mention, I want to throw in there just before we get too far from my list, just before we jump over to Goat, that you made me realize is that um, just with my thinking about Metal Gear and and, and DD, uh, Metal, Metal Gear scolded me for, for going a while between play sessions. When I when I came back to the game, because it was probably about 
the probably about maybe a week, maybe two weeks between um, when I played it the other day, but since the last time I played it, um, and uh, um, Ocelot radios me and he says, "Hey, you know, you gotta, you really want to make sure to come back to the base every now and then, like, you know." Dee needs to see you every now and then. And then I came back and like the dog like ran up to me like he hadn't seen me in weeks. And he's like, oh, he's so excited. And the ocelot was like, yeah, try not to stay away too long, okay? Like we miss you around here. And I was just like, oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> A fictional character guilted yep. you. That's true. With his That's dog. True. And it worked. Kojima wins again. Yep. Again. Well, there you go. That's how you're going to power through this now. You can't guilt. The, yeah. You can't let the doggy down. <laughs> That's... That's a, yep, that is my weak spot. The fuzzies. Um, go, what'd you play? Uh, quick list for me this week. I attempted to play uh, episode three of Tales of the Borderlands. I got to a point. I just wasn't in the right frame of mind to deal with the horse shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will get back to that. Um, it's just one of those like those sequences that I was just like, ah, I can't do this now. We will walk away and come back. So Fair. I went to uh, four to five because that's, <laughs> that's good old the old fallback. <laughs> And uh, I'm working through the, uh, what am I working through right now? The motorsport class. And I'm driving my Lexus LFA, and it's just glorious. I'm, I'm going to be really sad when this uh, uh, this series is over. Because <laughs> then I'll have to get another car, and it's not going to be my LFA. And we've had we've had some times together. <laughs> Do you have 235 miles an hour top speed. Does she, does she have your name tattooed on her hip? No, she does not. I could do it, though. Uh, right now, she's in a, uh, a nice matte black uh, with uh, cobra eyes on the hood and a nice pearl essence f- uh, ghost flame uh, from the quarters up pattern. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of love in that description. There you go. <laughs> if I walked in here and did not know that you were talking about a car, I would assume uh-huh. that you were talking about somebody that had syphilis. Is <laughs> <laughs> what that just sounded like. <laughs> or a scorching case of the Herbies. Yes, that's why I like cars more than humans. Uh, there you go. Yeah, fair. Uh, and then um, Frozen, that stupid fucking Frozen game, is <laughs> <laughs> sucking my life soul away. Oh I am my stuck. God. I am now stuck at level forty-four. Is it Frozen Blast or something? Yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, the free fall snowball. Yeah, yeah. Insert name here, Bejeweled. Uh, <laughs> yeah, level forty-four. Okay. Uh, it's actually become a habit now where I'll go through and run through my lives and try to progress in that game, and then I'll go do something else. Is this snappable? Can you snap this like while you're watching TV or something? Negative. Do you? Do you I, I take it you wish that you, you could? No. <laughs> no. Then you would no. never fucking leave the house. No, no, because I would be forced to spend money on it. Right now, I go through my mm. lives, and it's like, you want me to buy more? And I'm like, oh, no. it's got the, the, yeah. the live And I'm like, and we're done. Okay. Thank One of my favorite that. things is the anomaly that is Goat because he'll he'll talk about walking away from uh, uh, Tales from the Borderlands and he'll talk about just like completely disowning Arkham Knight, but he's like, I'm gonna go play me some fucking Frozen. <laughs> it's mind boggling. You I, fascinate me, sir. I don't play by the normal rules. <laughs> you don't. No one say. has ever thought that you have. No, no. no. Like Forza and Frozen, like that's where I'm at right now in my life, and I need to get back to Kingdom Hearts. But my problem is is. I know how long that game is, mm. and I, I don't have the time to invest in it right now, and I don't want to sell that game short. I really don't, because I know it's mm. a great game, and I want to enjoy it, but I'm like, I can't just kind of like piecemeal this thing together. Yeah. That's just not going to do Kingdom yeah. Hearts any justice, so that's why I'm kind of like, all right, I'll get caught up on Telltale, and then like fucking Minecraft's coming out, and I'm like, all right. You just want to sit down and power through that and nothing else, or just not do it at all? Huh? Yeah, like I need like a week off free, which is... 
good luck on that dream <laughs> to get that done. But I, I, I will. I just don't know when. So I've kind of put that back on the burner for now because I'm not far enough into where it's detrimental. All right. So, which sucks because I kind of want to get back to it. It's like Witcher. Witcher's sitting on my shelves looking at me too and I'm like, oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, so, okay. But uh, with that, I guess it's, uh, it's on to news, isn't it? Yeah, so that would be next. Okay, so let's do some news. All right, kicking things off at number five this week. Witcher 3 Hearts of Stone adds Taxman to Sting Money Exploiters. Remember that Witcher 3 money exploit in starting area White Orchard where you could kill cows for their hides, meditate for a couple hours, and then do it all again? It was patched and fixed brilliantly with a grotesque cow boss who shows up if you try to put it on. Or if you try it on, but that's not the point. Point is, if you did it, or any money exploit like that, you may be in for a fine, an in-game fine. Uh, Witcher 3 Heart of Stone, um, it, which is, uh, uh, you know, w- from the original article that it was published in, an 8 euro story expansion... Uh, released this week, uh, a ghoulish, nightmarish, and truly hideous creature shows up to levy the fine, the tax man. Um, he, uh, Walthamore Mitty, CD Projekt Red loves a pop culture nod, uh, <laughs> finds you at some point to discuss your undeclared income. Essentially what happens <laughs> is, is this, NPC, this NPC character goes back and checks to see if you've participated in any of the exploits for money in the game approaches you and then begins a conversation with a series of, of dialogue choices. And if you if you basically admit to to participating in, in acquiring your money in these exploits, he actually levies a fine against you and takes the money away from you. Um, you have to answer all yes to all of the questions. So um, you get a 1,000 gold or crown fine. Um, this is kind of neat, kind of a neat workaround, and that they actually put resources into building and scripting something to go back and, and slap cheaters on the wrist. But goat's telling me that, that he's heard that it, it doesn't, it doesn't require you to answer yes to the question. You can get around it. And what happens if you answer the questions, uh, dishonestly? Oh, yeah, if you, if you tell him you, you, uh, <clears throat> supposedly, if you tell him that you, uh, have not partaked in any of these illegal activities, he, uh, he applauds you and actually rewards you with something for being a uh, an upstanding citizen. Uh, it's almost like real life. You yeah. get rewarded for being a shithead. <laughs> Either way, man, I think this is a pretty cool thing uh, for for a company to put in, even if it's just a gentle like tap on the wrist to people who pl- who Whoa. exploit games. Hold on. If you ran into the cow... Oh, that's not a gentle exploit. That's nightmare fuel. <laughs> that, that wasn't a gentle slap on the wrist at all. This is this is a ray of sunshine compared to that cow. I'm I'm mm. missing something here, I so think. So you, you exploit this thing and you're killing cows and you meditate and all that. Like your third or fourth time, a, I want to say like level 70 super cow comes rolling in to just beat the shit out of you. That is oh. his soul go. Yeah. It's the equivalent of the chicken problem in Zelda. Okay. But yeah. this cow is like roided out and ready to kick your ass, and does pretty much every <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so this exploit was so this was not something that people had to like break the game to do. Like this, they were just using you know the way the game code was. <clears throat> yes, and they were and what you would kill cows for money and then meditate and, yeah, until they respond. Yeah, and meditate until they respond. Yeah, because yeah. cow hides worth a lot of cash. You'd kill three, or four cows. Yeah. You'd meditate, they'd respond. You'd kill three, or four cows and respond. 
Okay, so so <clears> the game already had something in place. So so yes. hang on. So so they already had something in place for people that were doing this with this oh. gigantic super cow that would come no, out. No, 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 no. They, they put added the super this cow in retro retroactively. Oh, okay, that came later. That's okay. the yeah. point. Is is that most most publishers would take a game, find the exploits that break the economies in their game, mm-hmm. and kind of render the games not fun or you know useless at that right. point. And then just patch them out, right. or or put some very um, standard uh, fix in or explanation for it. CD Projekt Red's doing this with style. Not only are they fixing yeah. the problem, but they're actually putting resources into adding in whole other things to make it seem like it's part of the lore of the game. I love when games are self-aware like this. Like, there's not a, a lot of them that do it, yeah. though. I mean, I wish more people did stuff like yeah, this yeah, yeah, instead absolutely. of just patching it out yep, because it yep, makes it really interesting. Yep. I haven't gotten to Witcher Three yet, but this makes me want to play it. Yep. Me play the well, done, out. Guys, well done, guys. Yeah. Well done. Well done, guys. Um, moving on to number four, League of Legends' latest attempt to rehabilitate jerks is a narcissism test. Oh. Oh. We've talked about this on the show before. Uh, League of Legends doesn't exactly have a glowing reputation in terms of the, uh, the toxicity of its community. Um, League of Legends' newest effort to manage its famously rancid player community in- includes a test for narcissistic behavior, reports Vice Motherboard. Earlier this week, Vice Motherboard sounds like a very official title, even though I know it's a publication. Yeah. Um, Earlier this week, players whose summoner names were flagged as inappropriate noticed they had to complete a new and lengthy process uh, for creating a new name. As Vice mentions, that includes a survey whose questions are, quote, lifted directly from a narcissistic personality inventory, a widely used test developed in 1979. Sandwiched between two surveys is the requirement to complete 50 League of Legends matches with, uh, with the provisional name Riot provides a player. Many find that length of time, uh, that length of time uh, onerous, as well as the extra week it takes to process these surveys to get a player's name back in good graces with Riot. Commenters on the League of Legends subreddit who noticed the survey first suspected Riot was partnering with researchers studying online behavior or a similar topic given that it's tied to report, uh, restoring su- uh, summoner names. And the length of the process involved, it's probably more about conditioning behavior or at least holding a mirror up to those who give League of Legends such a bad name. The second part of the survey indicates as much uh, as such, asking players how many times over the preceding seven days they engaged in any of the 11 antisocial behaviors, including I got into a physical fight because I was angry or I slapped or kicked someone. It's not clear how answers might influence the player standing with Riot or whether someone uh, answering dishonestly, all zeros or all sixes or whatever, is more or less likely to have a new summoner name approved. One Redditor speculated that Riot isn't trying to fix toxicity as much as it's trying to understand the root cause for that kind of behavior in its game. League of Legends may have an enormously popular game, uh, you know, nearly 30 million playing it every day, according to Riot's last reported figures at the end of 2014. Its players also have a terrible reputation among the worst in multiplayer video gaming scene already stereotyped as abusive, which is a huge barrier to attracting new players or core concern for any free-to-play game. Not that it necessarily needs to attract new players with 30 million people playing it every day. Um, I'm sure that number's gone down, but... In the past, Riot has implemented very public crackdowns on toxic behavior that threatened instant and even permanent account bans, showered rewards on players with a clean discipline sheet, and even created an entire division de- dedicated to understanding and reducing abusive behavior. They have an entire division at Riot Games just to try and figure out why their players are a mess. What a strange, strange story that is. I mean, you hear a lot of things in, in the multiplayer gaming world about, you know, um, you know, foul-mouthed little kids right. or people spouting racist nonsense. But League of Legends has this really strange uh, reputation for having players that are arrogant 
and narcissistic is probably the proper thing. Arrogant, yeah. narcissistic to a point of it being a, a like a veritable pissing match of narcissism. Like who's got the bigger ego in League of Legends? Like if you've have you guys ever been around a group of people who play League of Legends? Like competitively, even if it's not no. professionally, they they take it very seriously. No, intentionally so. It is like walking into a room full of people that think that they are in the movie Top Gun. It is bizarre. So I, I mean, really, if 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 you have to hire an entire research department in order to make sure that your player base doesn't have like a a, a porta potty level like shit reputation, <laughs> uh, I, I'm not. I don't know what to do with that. You know? See, in my adventures, everybody I found that plays League of Legends, like that are like, would be a part of this problem. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it it attracts a lot of ex-military. Um, it attracts. Oh. I don't. I've seen so many types of people play this game, and I've I've tried playing it. It's it's just okay. I don't understand how it got to be such a, a big to do, but honestly. Um, it's accessible. Well, it's I don't free. think there's anything wrong with the game. I just I can't bring myself to participate in it because of the community. It's just really, really negative. Oh yeah. So, here's hoping they figure out. Uh, maybe they'll crack the code on uh, why people are so douchey when they're playing competitive <laughs> multiplayer games. Um, good luck, scientists. The good folks over there at Riot doing science. Yeah. Brain science. Speaking of uh, a company that actually does some cool science stuff in their games. Uh, Aperture? To, uh, no, 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 not, not Aperture. My God. It's not now. I hope not. Fucking terrifying. Uh, at number three this week, Nintendo and the Pokemon Company uh, and Google are investing $30 million in Pokemon Go developer Niantic. Good. We talked a little bit ago about uh, Pokemon Go on the show and uh, all, all kind of mused about uh, how, how it might destroy people's... Uh, <laughs> uh, handling of social lives outside of their homes or making it better or maybe fist fighting over uh, Pokemon battles. Um, according to an announcement made uh, earlier this week, $20 million of the investment that, uh, that is being handed to the studio is being given to them right off the bat. Funds will go to aid to continue development of Pokemon Go and Niantic's current game on the market, Ingress, as well as future projects. Niantic's Ingress, which is, of course, we've talked about an AR location-based MMORPG for iOS and Android, has garnered over 13 million downloads globally. Nintendo and the Pokemon Company are also active in the development of AR-based Pokemon Go, and Google's involvement stems from Niantic founder John Hank's involvement uh, involvement with Google. Uh, Hank founded uh, and was CEO at Keyhole Inc. before it was acquired by Google in 2004 after the uh, acquisition. I almost said Inquisition. Nobody expects the <laughs> Spanish Inquisition. Uh, after the acquisition, the company company's main product was renamed Google Earth, and he was named as the company's VP of Product Management and headed up Google Geo Division. He also worked on one of the first MMOs, Meridian 59, which was released back in 1996. Um you know, again, to remind people, the Ingress-inspired Pokemon Go is slated for release on Android and iOS in 2016. No specific date given just yet. Um, you know, if you give a mobile app game that's going to be free to download, um, presumably without in-game purchases, I mean, who knows, maybe. No, there will be. I mean, Master Ingress, balls Ingress and has stuff. none, and it's massively successful, so I'm, I wonder what they're, how they're going to handle it there. Yeah, but it, Ingress doesn't make anybody any money. It's, eh. it, that, that is a pet project, I, I, I believe. A social experiment. Yeah. 
the well, framework that, for Pokemon Go. Yeah, yeah, that's that's just it. Well, that and that and, was their audition. Yeah. yeah, and there's nothing upgradable or anything like that in Ingress. There's no source material to make you pay more money. There's I, tons in Pokemon. I'm going to assume that this is going to be a crushing success, even if it's trash, which I feel confident it won't be because Niantic does really creative things. Mm-hmm. Um, Google and uh, Nintendo and the Pokemon company must feel fairly certain that this game is going to do something good if they're just like, here's $30 million for a mobile game. Mobile game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, it's funny because it, it, I, I never even considered them. I played it. I tried to play Ingress a couple times, and I, I enjoyed it. I just, you know, don't. It's it's an MMO. and it is, it, when, when it comes down to it, really, it's an MMO. And I've, I've talked about my lack of interest in MMOs, so I never I didn't, I didn't keep it up. That's striking because I've played probably every MMO on the market, and I don't think it's an MMO at all. Massively multiplayer, sure, you know, yeah, but what but, it is, I mean, that, not, you just, just that, that that's that's my definition right but there. That's so <laughs> open ended for this game. This no, game it is. is it this is. game is a social experiment. It is. It absolutely you know? is. But um, anyways, what I was gonna say though is that they absolutely could have put microtransactions in this thing. I mean, like with the different um, levels of like resonators and like all the different things you can use to like hack and defend yeah. portals, they absolutely could have made that stuff microtransactions. I'm actually kind of shocked that they didn't. Now that I think about my it, my guess is they probably didn't expect it to be a big enough thing. But I mean. Oh sure, in the first year, but I mean, like at this point, like you know, they've they have they have like conventions, they have like meetups, they have events, they have like a lot of like really organized and planned things. You know what? They have like produced like videos that they put out, like that continue the storyline. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like they spend a lot of money in this. They do, and you know what's funny about it? The reason I don't think that they they're gonna do that uh, ultimately is because in Go or in Ingress, in Ingress, okay, because Ingress's community is they're ferociously loyal they're really involved with what goes on in the game sure and they are the type of community that if you if they think that you're fucking with them they'll walk away from your game they'll just stop playing it um all right that's fair they're they're one of those man they're pretty they're fanatical the the group that i played in was uh like a uh you know a midwest specifically like northern illinois group and Mm -hmm. there were probably 150 people in that group and they spoke like i had to turn notifications off in hangouts when they were using (laughs) hangouts because I would get, I'd probably get four to six hundred messages a day Jeez. in that group. Like they were actively like, "Where are you at? Let's go here. Let's hack this. Let's do that. Let's coordinate this." I, I've got. It wasn't just chatter. It was actual like. No, it was. It was. It was a data feed of what was happening. Oh my god! In, in the northwest uh, suburbs of Chicago. <laughs> That's crazy. So it was pretty, pretty crazy, pretty active. Oh. Um, well, you know, I'm I'm not even a massive Pokemon fan. I don't dislike Pokemon at all. I just not a huge Pokemon fan. Mm-hmm. I even want to play this. I'm curious to see what they do with it. So I will. I will absolutely check it out. Um, you know, whether or not I'll keep up on it, probably not. But um, I'm I'm definitely curious enough to 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 experience it to know what I'm talking about to be able to talk about it. Well, thirty million dollar handout makes me feel like it might be something to look out for. So we'll find out. Yep. All right. Moving on to number two this week. Listen carefully to this because I had to read it twice. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain made over twice as much. As Avengers Age of Ultron on launch day. On their each respective launch day. Day of release. Launch day sales of Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain is worth over double that of Avengers Age of Ultron's opening day. Not total sum. I'm talking about opening day. Okay. According to the new Adobe uh, Digital Index report, Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain made $179 million worldwide on its first day of sale. That's over twice as much as Avengers Age of Ultron's opening uh, opening day box office earnings. 
Can we get a can we get a round of applause for great idea, Konami? That's right. Great idea to just can that whole idea. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. nobody wants to pay you know uh, premiums. Nobody wants to buy games <laughs> that don't have uh, tons of microtransactions. Nobody wants to buy a complete or finished game. Nobody wants to wait. <laughs> For a game to be finished or complete anymore, and everybody's playing mobile games. That's where it's at now. Nobody gives a shit about uh, um, you know story rich video games. Hey John, everything you just said is a lie. <laughs> it is a fucking <laughs> lie. They ah were, man, they were right though. They were right. Eighty million dollars to make a game definitely isn't worth making another hundred million dollars. While I am thrilled for Hideo Kojima that this is the case, I'm also sad for him because he's been ousted. But the biggest beef that I have. With this is is that the the sort of very small amount of reports we've gotten from inside Konami, the reasoning for this happening is there was a managerial shakeup at the top of Konami, um, and the the person who is in charge one does not like Hideo Kojima, does not get along with him, two thinks that this game had an eighty million dollar budget, okay. Mm-hmm thinks that an $80 million budget is absurd for a video game and that high-value, high-production video games are the way of the dinosaur and it's too much money to invest with too much risk. Fuck you. How much money did you take in past that $80 million, that $80 million investment? What is it, $179 million? You made... You made $100 million. In a day. Konami. I mean, that doesn't count whatever it was they spent on promotion for the game, which sure. was pretty significant. But still, I'm going to assume they took an at least $50 million profit. It's going to power every mobile game they make for the next five years. And that's on top of the profit they brought in on Ground Zeroes. I mean... Oh, my God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And that's on top of the profit they brought in on day two. This is just <laughs> yeah, day yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> now, here's something that's interesting about this report. The number that, that that's that that's being reported by Adobe Digital Index uh, takes into account revenue, but it's not clear if it's taking into account digital sales. It's still a huge amount considering the difference in production budgets between the two. $250 million for Age of Ultron and $80 million for The Phantom Pain. Uh, the gaming industry is a lot bigger than most marketers realize, uh, Tamara Gaffney, principal analyst and director at Adobe, said. These games get more social buzz on opening day than most movies do, and the revenue for one of these top games this year outdid the highest-grossing movie uh, start, which was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 with $91 million by nearly double. Konami's future in AAA games development is unclear. On one hand, reports continue to claim that publishers abandoning the industry to focus on its mobile and pachinko divisions. Uh, on the other side, Konami keeps denying these reports. All that being said, uh, comparing movie opening day revenues to that of games remains... A little bit disingenuous because movie tickets don't cost $60, and despite ballooning game production costs, they're still nowhere near as expensive as even the mid-tier summer blockbusters. Um, which kind of takes me back to, if you can drop $120 million on a two-hour movie and spend 80 on a, according to my brother, 200-plus-hour video game for as a piece of entertainment, and it make you this much money in a single day, Metal Gear Solid has, in my estimation, and even now still proves that everybody will enjoy and wait for and purchase at full price a premium finished product. Not only that, my bet my bet is um, that so many people were willing to shell out money on day one this quickly because they knew they were going to get a finished product. So standards have slipped so low that people are actually excited to get a finished fucking game and they know they're going to get one from Hideo Kojima. So... Um, not just to, to pat Metal Gear on the back, even though I think it, the series deserves it in general. Please take notes. Yeah. Other developers, finish your games, 
No more fucking DLC packs. No more fucking pre-order bonus bullshit. Just put the goddamn games out and finish them like you used to 10 years ago. Yep. Go. So I'm going to predict two things. Kojima's going to get picked up by somebody else. Oh, yes. Because they just <laughs> seen that money and was like, uh-huh. And two, I see probably a drastic management change in Konami soon if someone doesn't agree with this nut job's ideas honestly i i hope kojima just strikes out and starts his own fucking studio and just does good things there that would be that that's would be- the thing i don't want Koj- i don't want him to work for somebody else i want him yeah. to do what he does you, you want solid snake studios yeah, yes i don't think he can name that that <laughs> yeah unfortunately but i'm pretty sure everything metal gear is owned by konami so i'm pretty uh. sure he uh yeah, I don't, uh, he could just himself. name it Iroquois Pliskin, which is a reference <laughs> to the other Pliskin. Oh, or like, well what's done. the opposite of a fox and a hound? Just the the opposite of those two things. Um, a bunny and a cat. Dog cat studio. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't mesh properly. I don't know. Doesn't seem um, like a way to go. I, I'm I, I I don't know this for for sure, but I'm almost certain that Konami is publicly traded. Um, uh. Yeah, I mean, even if they're not, um, you know, the, the 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 rest of the board, uh, you know, the rest of the people that run the company, I'm sure um, oh, we are. We know they're publicly traded because they removed themselves from the New York Stock Exchange. Oh, right, right, that's right. right. That's, that's right. right, absolutely. So, okay, so they're not traded in America, but I'm, still, but I'm yeah. sure those will trade it in, uh, in Japan. So, um, yeah, shareholders will have something to say about this, I'm pretty sure. And I hope Kojima starts $100 million box studios as a very giant middle <laughs> finger to Konami. I like it. Um yeah, um, I kind of hope that you actually right there. There, there's your answer. Here's here's what's going to happen. Um, to me, this sounds you know without on the surface. To me, this sounds like a gigantic screw up on Konami's part. Um, shareholders are going to know are going to find out about this and they're going to respond. And um, here's hoping that Kojima starts up his own studio or at least gets involved with another studio that that'll let him do what he does. Um, and uh, they will be publicly traded, and everybody that owns Konami stock is going to sell it, and they're going to go over to the other side. I and just and, yeah. want him to do something awesome yeah. that will rub Konami's face in the proverbial dog poop of their failure. There you go. Perfect. Maybe Silent uh, Hills, if that's available. Hmm. Speaking of potentially odd dog poopy failure, uh, <laughs> number one this week, sources suggest Nintendo NX is a fusion of home and mobile hardware powered by industry-leading tech. Um, I joke, I don't really want the NX to be dog poopy failure, but this sounds like it's not going to be any less strange than the last couple of attempts to do something strange. Uh, development kits are already in the hands of third parties, so they, you know, some of these credible sources, quote, credible sources may very well be people who have had their hands on the dev kits and know what they're talking about. Wall Street Journal is the one who originally reported that the Nintendo NX development kits have been issued to third parties and that the system itself will indeed be be the much-rumored combination of domestic and portable hardware. Citing sources close to the matter, the report speculates that the Nintendo... uh, The Nintendo. I just sounded like my mom. (laughs) Citing sources close to the matter, reports speculate that Nintendo could launch the NX next year given the current, quote, softness of the 3DS and Wii U systems. The same sources have apparently confirmed that the console will be made up of a domestic unit which plugs into your television as normal, but would also ship with, quote, at least one mobile unit which could be taken away from the main system like a traditional handheld console. Uh, Fearsome specs are also hinted at. The exact shape of the NX hardware isn't yet clear. People familiar with the development plans said Nintendo would likely include both a console and at least one mobile unit that could either be used as in conjunction with the console or taken on the road for separate use. 
They also said Nintendo would aim to put industry-leading chips in the NX devices after criticism that the Wii U's capabilities didn't match those of competitors. Another quote, at least one, mobile unit would indicate that multiple units can be linked to the same base console, overcoming the Wii U's issues of only being able to connect a single gamepad. Uh, That developers have access to the NX is perhaps not all that surprising. Back in July, Square Enix stated that it intended to bring Dragon Quest uh, XI to the new console. Given that the game is uh, is also coming to the PS4, it is likely that NX will offer a similar level of power to Sony's console. It could even have an advantage over the rival system as well as the Xbox One. Nintendo itself is officially stating that it will make announcement regarding uh, NX next year. Okay, let's just get this out on the table now. Holy shit. Like, what are you doing, Nintendo? It, it, it seriously sounds like it, the Nintendo 3 Wii DSU is about to be launched on the four people who give a shit that exists. So, Whatever they call it, they just got to not put Wii in the title. Anyway. Yeah, we, yeah, the, 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 <laughs> that era has got to be over. Yeah, yep. Um, but we, no, we, the, we, we could call it a 3 U. Oh, and please, yikes. God, don't do that. Um, <laughs> No, okay, so so here's what I'm hearing here. I'm hearing it's going to be a Wii U, but the gamepad is its own console, and it, you can le- you can leave the house with it and still That's play games. That's kind of what it sounds like it's, to yeah. me. It, it, see, it sounds like to me the the whole turn your 3ds into a Smash Brothers controller. And I wouldn't be shocked if they yeah. find a way to put the the 3D slider onto the gamepad this time and just take everything they're working on and put <laughs> it into one big stew and stir it up. Well, why wouldn't you? I mean, if you. I mean, I, I got to wonder if, you know, it's if, 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 they're, if, they're, if they're working toward this convergence of having the, you know, their home consoles and their mobile consoles just becoming this one thing. Sure. I mean, like, from, from a development standpoint and just a marketing and sales channel and just everything standpoint, having the one console that does everything, the, the, the one Nintendo console to rule them all, I mean, kind of makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, it does. Wait a minute. You mean they're, this could be amazing. If they do what TurboGrafx tried to do too early... Yeah. <laughs> this could work out great. Maybe. Um, kind of already, yeah. You know, I, uh, I I just, I'm a little concerned because they're saying that they're trying to bring it up to spec with possibly the PlayStation 4, Xbox One. This is the same problem they've been having for the last two console cycles where they they put out a console like a chunk of the way into the existing cycle. Mm-hmm. And then when the new consoles come out, they're like still behind on a hardware level. Like, I hope that doesn't happen this time. Even the Wii U was a step in the right direction graphically and getting with the times and shit. But. Yeah, but too small of a step. No, the, the, the Wii U's timing was bad because it came out right before the other consoles. Yeah. But I mean, like, the I, I'm pretty sure Microsoft has said, like, that their consoles, I'm pretty sure Sony has said something similar, that their consoles are on, like, a 10-year cycle now. And mm-hmm. so if, um, you know, even if, if, if this does pan out with what they're saying to be true, if this NX console does come out in, like, 2017... I mean, that'll be, what, three or four years into the PS4 and the Xbox One. They've still got a good five years, four or five years before whatever their successors come out is. Hopefully they're taking Um, enough time to develop proper guts for this thing. I said this before, and I'll say it again. If they don't make this thing um, x86 code compatible like like PC games are and like the Xbox One and the PS4 are, they are insane because that yeah. is just because right because right now developers can essentially write games for everything except for the Wii U at once, yeah. and then they've got to do whatever the hell they need to do for the Wii U on a completely different code base. If they don't get on the same page as everybody else, they're I'm sorry, batshit crazy. Yeah. Well, they'll have the same problem they're having right now. 
People just won't write for it because because they, yeah. it's it's hard. It's, it's an extra step. Like fuck that. We're not writing another game for you it's specifically. A, it's an extra process made up of like several dozen steps. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. That's been, yeah, that's been just the to, big, just to, just to enunciate yeah. your point. Yeah, that's been the hurdle with Nintendo though for the last couple of years. Is okay. Not only can we not can we not write for a system that has architecture that we're not really familiar with, mm-hmm. but we also have to worry about designing and or programming for things like a second screen. What do we do with that? Or, you know, the waggle shit. How do we factor that gimmick <laughs> into the... Like, there's all these hurdles yeah. that they yeah. put in front of them. So people just don't develop for their platforms. Right. Or, like we talked about with Ubisoft, where Ubisoft has games finished in the can, completed, will not release them, because they don't feel like they're going to sell well enough to Watch bother dogs. messing with it. You know what I mean? Yep. So, I mean, I, I hope this just doesn't... Because if this one doesn't sell well, I don't... I don't... I hope... We don't see Nintendo go the way of Sega where they start like licensing out their fucking characters on other systems because people aren't buying the hardware and the hardware is not going to support and refill their coffers. I don't want that. Yeah. I want Nintendo well, to stay where they are, all weird and all. And we have the and then let's don't forget the Raymond Legends debacle where they went the reverse where yeah. where Ubisoft's like, "Oh shit, this isn't going to sell enough units. Let's make it for everybody." And actually reversed, like retooled it reversed to the other systems. Yep. Um, and I mean, like I, I'm, I would have to believe that Nintendo wouldn't be making these constant choices if, if their first party sales weren't enough to sustain them. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure that Mario and especially with like the gold mine that is Amiibo, I'm sure that, um, like with all their first party licenses, they could probably just live on that if they needed to. Um, you know, they have been, well, yeah, valid. That's yeah. Yeah. True. Since the, we, what, since the Wii U. They have been. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Um, hell, since the GameCube, really, almost. Um, well, the Wii did exceptionally well, let's be honest. But in third-party titles? There's third-party titles in it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, You're yeah. right, yeah, GameCube was like the last, yeah, Resident Evil and all that crap, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there was Resident Evil on uh, on the Wii that yeah, nobody liked. It. Yeah, exactly. It was a real shooter, nobody liked it. Yep. Um, um, Zombie U. Yay. Um, but Which yeah. end up getting ported, and I think it's selling better now as it's just it zombie. It is, actually, as a PC game, it's, it's yeah. selling better. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the odd one out here. I'm going to say, um, Nintendo, you just do what you do. I mean, like, whatever, uh, you know, whatever it is that Nintendo is planning for the NX, I mean, it's probably going to be kooky. It's probably going to be, we're, we're probably going to, when, when, when the specs of it pro- eventually come out, we're probably going to say, like, what the hell are you thinking? This is crazy. And mm. it'll be the same thing all over again where you only see first-party titles on it. But Nintendo is just going to do just fine because their first-party content is good enough. You're, yeah. you're not alone. Like, I, I've gotten to the point now where Nintendo is the crazy uncle at the garage full of <laughs> fucking... It's the Rick of fucking yeah, yeah. gaming right no, now. No, don't get me wrong. <laughs> you're, you're not the odd man out. Just because I... I I want them to keep staying weird. It's part of what has become what makes Nintendo Nintendo. Yep. And they're really, honestly, for all their weirdness, they're really the only ones of the three, big three, that try to innovate, even yeah. if it comes off weird. But when I say I just, I hope they do something that sells well this time, mm-hmm. because I'm afraid if they do something weird or just drift farther off into weird that no one's going to buy it and then they won't be able to continue. It'll be a Dreamcast thing where they just can't continue to right. no produce out. anymore. Do uh do 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 one to refill the coffers and then get weird again <laughs> on that money. That's All right. what I, I want. That's that's fair. You know. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean we're 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 deep into virtual boy territory. Let's 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 slam on a sixty four real quick. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and get back to get back to black. But just to be clear, don't come out with cartridge games. No, don't, no, don't no, do no, no, we're past that. We're past that. I mean, go full digital if you have to. Have if you want to go into video game it. hipsters and their cartridges. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I Nintendo does. Nintendo's done it right for so long though, because like. We've all bought the goddamn system yeah. for Mario. For yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Charlie just dusted it off to play Woolly World. Yep, When's the last true. time he played it? Before that, the last major Mario title. Um, Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker. Yes. So yeah, that is accurate. <laughs> um. So every yeah. time they put out a game, you're like, oh, I know that guy. Yep. All right, let's see what this thing does. Yep. The only thing that I want Nintendo seriously to get with the times, everybody else. Fucking achievements. I don't care what the fuck you call them. Just achievements. See, I'm fine with them not having achievements. Because it's, to me, I what I like about playing a Nintendo title is sit down and it's not about multiplayer. It's not about DLC. It's about just enjoy the, the experience in the game they've built without feeling all these weird, like, pokey pressures that try to force you into doing things. I just, I love achievements. I like them a lot, actually, and trophies. But I like having a place to go where I don't feel the pressure of those things. That's true. I just kind of want like I mean I got I got I got a tracking record of all of my the things I've done and all that shit. So um, do I. Save files and memory cards. Yeah, and other places. <laughs> and, and we, but I'm saying like Meverse and all that. Like yeah, just yeah. like they don't have to be huge. Just kind of sure. shove them in a corner of Meverse. You know? <laughs> like hey, you finished level seven and insert Mario here. Yeah. Somebody can go in there and be like, oh okay, I see how far they are in the game. Yeah. Uh, speculation abound. I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about this as uh, oh, yeah. as the news comes out for it, especially since it's not that far away. Yep, yep. Uh, but at any rate, uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about uh, video game charities coming up for our feature. So we're going to take a second to talk about... Um, Video game related charities, and uh, just want to take a moment to enlighten you guys that may not know about some of the charities out there that are are centered around video games, because there are a handful of them, some more popular than others, um, that that seem to offer a variety of options uh, for causes that you might support. Um, you know, sometimes people in charity are particular about supporting a particular thing, so we want to give you guys a little bit of information about. Um, what these charities are, where you can find some of them, and kind of what causes they support, um, and and we'll get you guys the websites for all of these, uh, you know, d- during this uh, this segment, so you guys know uh, where to find them. Uh, Charlie, why don't we talk about uh, Humble Bundle a little bit here? Um, yeah. So, um, so if you've listened to the show really at all, it's um, probably about half the episodes, at least I can think of the last year, we've mentioned Humble Bundle in some aspect. Um, if it, just in case you're not at all familiar with them, Humble Bundle is a website where you can go and they they have uh, on uh, they have a uh, their main Humble Bundle. Uh, they have a weekly bundle, they have a book bundle, mm-hmm. and um, they have uh, almost always a mobile bundle. Some of these, you know, will take you know periods off or whatever. And then uh, they have since opened up a store, and now they even have a subscription program on yes. the horizon that you can currently sign up for. And the gist of all of these programs is that um, the um, each week or month or whatever it happens to be, they feature um, a, a different themed pack of games. You know, sometimes all from one developer, sometimes just around a theme, maybe scary games, maybe you know kids games or, or books or you know or 
comic books or whatever. You know, they, they there there was a, one of the books bundle was all of the My Little Pony comics that had come out to that point mm-hmm. that you could get in the downloadable format. Um, and uh, and when you when you uh, when you go in on one of these bundles, you basically can say, "Here's how much um, that uh, that I am willing to give." A lot of times they're tiered, so that you have to um, you know t- to get all of the items being offered in the, in the in the bundle, you have to either like meet the minimum or uh, hit a certain dollar amount or whatever it is, um, and then you uh, you get whatever these uh, digital products are, and then at that time you can also decide how much of your money. Will be uh, will be split between the developers or creators of these items, um, the uh, the various charity or charities that they are featuring with that particular bundle, and uh, anything that goes to paying for Humble Bundles op- their own operational costs. Yeah. Um, and the greatest part about this is that um, uh, with everything except for the monthly bundle, which I'll get to in a second, all of the uh, other. Uh, more typical humble bundle types is that you can decide how much of your money, whether in part or in whole, goes to any of these parties. You can give yeah. it all to the developers, all the charity, or if there's multiple, you can pick which ones you want it to go to and how much, or you can mm-hmm. even just give it all to humble bundle if you want to, and it does make a difference. Um, in uh, in um, you know, you still get the stuff regardless, and um, you know, it's uh, you know, they're they're definitely um, if, if there is a competitor to Steam out there, I think that they are probably one of the biggest ones, especially with their with their store. You know that they've got uh-huh. up. They have a lot of the same kind of sales that they have. Um, that that Steam does a lot of the same uh, you know deals and things like that. But you know the you know the great part about it is that uh, when you uh, buy or when you when you obtain your goods through Humble Bundle, you're also donating to various charities. Yeah, what's cool about it too is is a lot of times when you buy games. I mean, Humble Bundle's huge on PC. Like PC, mm-hmm. every PC gamer out there knows Humble Bundle because yeah. it's a treasure trove of stuff, and you're doing something good when you're purchasing your games and items. And sometimes they even give you like soundtracks and you know digital yeah. content downloads that come with the games and stuff like that. Uh, what's nice about Humble Games is once you buy them. A lot of times, most of the time, if it's if it's a game that's published on both Steam and Origin, EA's digital distribution platform, you'll get a redemption key for both. Yep. You know, um, I, I've had games that I know that I already own on, on Steam that I will never purchase on Origin. I've given the key away to people, yep. you know, before. So it's kind of neat. They give you a lot of options with Humble Bundle. And I, it, a lot of console gamers, Humble Bundle's not on their radar if they're just using Humble Bundle for gaming, because with the exception of the Nindie Bundle, the Indie Bundle they did for the 3DS, console gaming is largely um, absent on uh, on Humble Bundle as yet, and I think that was kind of a litmus test for it, but hopefully they'll keep doing them in the future. It's a really, really cool thing for them to do. The uh, the one difference as far as uh, the, the, the distribution method I was talking about, where you can choose where your money goes, is yeah. with, their, with their monthly... Um, they're, they're basically subscription service that they're starting up. I believe it's in the ballpark of like $12 a month and it's basically a digital uh, loot crate essentially is what it comes down to. You don't, you don't know what's going to be in that bundle. And, uh, so you just need to get in on it before a certain date. And then when it's released, you get whatever the stuff was. Um, the only difference there is that the amount, like the, the distribution is preset and, you know, the amount that's going to the charities are, um, are not as high as I, as I would, as I would make it if I were doing it on my own. Um, but, uh, you know, it's still good that, you know, the majority of the money is still going to the, the developers or the creators of the, uh, content that you're getting. So still not a bad thing at all. Um, it's also a really good way for, um, 
you know, um, you know, even with how much it benefits charities, it's also really great that there's a, such a, a great platform out there for um, independent developers, not in whole, because, you know, like they're, the current main bundle is a Capcom bundle. And so, you know, it's, it's not it's certainly not only indie developers, but it's uh, certainly good that there is a, an option out there where people can, um, you know, um, uh, get their stuff out there and mm-hmm. um, while doing some good in the process. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I'm going to talk about a charity now called, um, we've talked about it on the show, it's called Operation Supply Drop. Um, Operation Supply Drop is a, uh, a program that was put together by uh, an ex-military member who decided that, uh, that, that troops that are deployed in, in, active, uh, in active areas where they don't have access to this equipment, don't have access to comforts or joys of, of really almost any sort, uh, it has been collecting handheld specifically kind of handheld stuff but they do everything consoles various sorts that anybody's willing to donate and then they actually you know pay to have that stuff shipped overseas to like afghanistan and iraq um you know or other or other combat theater deployment situations where they will it'll give them something to do when they're not in the crazy stressful you know uh moments of of being deployed something to take their mind off of the difficulty and give them a a little bit of comfort, you know, creature comfort in a place where there really isn't any. Uh, kind of a cool charity. Um, we've, we've talked about it on the show before, but I thought I figured it would be uh, worth mentioning again. And you can actually find this particular charity at operationsupplydrop.org um, if you want to read more about that and and kind of see what to uh, what to do in order to get them that stuff. Pretty neat stuff. Yeah. Uh, another one that's probably another one of the big ones that you folks have uh, have heard of, but just in case you haven't, um, is Extra Life. Um, Extra Life. Um, I'll just uh, I'll I'll just read you this right off their website because I can't describe it better than they can. Um, Extra Life began in 2008 as a way of honoring a young lady named Victoria N. Munn. Tori's battle against acute lymphoblastic leukemia. I had to practice that. Um, inspired <laughs> um, the the sarcastic gamer community in a way that is difficult to describe. A, sar- a sarcastic gamer podcast and YouTube channel. Use uh, many of you are probably familiar with as well. I used to be a huge fan of that that show before I was ever on a podcast. Um, members sent in video games and brought uh, and bought gifts to keep Tori's spirits up despite numerous hospital stays and three bouts with the deadly disease. Tragically, we lost Tori to cancer in January of 2008. Later that year, I asked my partners at Sarcastic Gamer. This is uh, being written by Doc, by the way. Um... Um, uh, I asked my partners at Sarcastic Gamer if they would be interested in Extra Life, a 24-hour video game marathon to raise money for the hospital that treated and fought beside Tori. In 2008 and in 2009, Extra Life raised a combined $302,000, 100% of which went directly to help kids like Tori at my local Children's Miracle Ho- uh, Network Hospital uh, in Texas. Um, so on and so forth, you can read the rest of their description in their bio at extra-life.org. But uh, the gist here is that um, I believe on a yearly basis... Um, um, and uh, their next event is coming up uh, this November, um, or, uh, early in November, just in a few weeks here. Um, I believe the seventh. I think I saw um, the, um, the. It's basically now a, a 24-hour gaming marathon mm-hmm. that um, that basically you um, try and get sponsors for. Um, you know, it's it's uh, you know it's. Uh, um, the, the idea of which is that you sign up and you get, and you go to people and you say, Hey, I'm going to play games for 24 hours straight and you should, uh, sponsor me. And for every hour that I play, you know, give me a dollar, for example. And then if you make it all 24 hours and the idea of course is that you live stream this, uh, you know, so that you can, um, you know, share, uh, share your progress, you know, through, through doing this or whatever. Um, you know, some, then, then your sponsor gives, you know, $24 to this charity. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a fun way just, um, you know, for people to be able to take their love of 
gaming and just uh, combine it with um you know with uh you know people you know just being able to give to a good cause um and uh you know this is a particular interest to me because um you know in addition to the actual extra life event um of course there are various um uh, events that also will have their own charity fundraising events and uh, donate that money towards extra life just because you know they believe in uh, in what they're doing, and uh, I'm happy to say that uh, Ponyville Cider Fest 2015 um, is repeating our, spon- our 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 charity partnership with Extra Life that we also did last year, and um, so all of the funds raised from our charity auction will also be going to Extra Life, and so uh, particular uh, you know particular uh, interest in uh, in my particular camp on that particular. I, I just used the word particular like eight times. You did, you did. <laughs> but, Charlie um, had a tiny stroke. That, that's true. Uh, I smell burnt toast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why, that, why is that so funny? I don't um, know why, man. It's but, you got um, me, though. But uh, um, but yeah, no. If if you're interested in this, I mean, at the very least, man, it's a it's a good, it's a really good excuse to just play video games for 24 hours straight. I mean, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Nope. So, um, um, I'm, I'm lucky if I play 24 hours in a month. So 24 hours in a day just uh, sounds like a dream. Might come actually true. get caught up on that bat- backlog if you participate. In Maybe. Extra, in, uh, yeah, an extra. Life. Um, but uh, but yeah. So um, uh, once again, game day of, of Extra Life 2015 is November 7th. You can sign up and find out more information. At extra life da- i'm sorry extra dash life.org or just google extra life um and uh and uh yeah even if you don't want to play you should definitely find a gamer that's participating and sponsor them because all good things very cool uh, i'm going to talk about a, a charity now called able gamers uh it, it's you can find it at ablegamers.com. Um, this is a charity foundation that uh it's a non-profit a non-profit public charity that aims to improve the overall quality of life for those with disabilities through the power of video games um, you know, from, from their website, I'll read directly where they, where they kind of break down what it is they do and how they feel about uh, charity towards folks with disabilities. Video games allow individuals with disabilities to experience situations that, they, that may be difficult or limited in the real world, provide social networking opportunities to maintain mental and emotional health, and participate in one of the world's largest pastimes. Um, the founder of, uh, of Able Gamers, uh, Mark Bartlett, Uh, says that I believe that there is nothing more powerful for people with disabilities than the freedom that only video games can provide. It is an art form that allows us all to run, jump, and be whatever we want to be. I think that's a pretty nice sentiment. Um, So you can go to ablegamers.com to to find out more about that charity. And then uh, finally, um, you know, on my end, Child's Child's Play is a charity um, that, that doesn't just do video gaming for, for kids. It actually donates toys and games um, to hospitals all over the world. Uh, it was founded in 2003 by uh, Mark Karhulik and Jeremy Holkins, uh, which are authors of the popular uh, computer video uh, computer and video game-based webcomic Penny Arcade. Um, so that that's you know basically Penny Arcade's charity. So uh, as of 2014, Child's Play has processed $33.6 million of donations since it started uh, in 2003. Um, so you can actually um, you can actually uh, uh, check them out at, uh, at their official site, which is uh, childsplaycharity.org. Uh, another one that uh, that uh, if you guys haven't heard of, you definitely should check them out is Games Done Quick. Um, Games Done Quick is kind of a different animal. They um, you know while still being of course a video game centric um, you know charity. 
the um their entire shtick is that it's all about speedruns and uh, people getting through video games as quick as possible which i've seen speedruns i just in general you know just i've seen people do speedruns of games that i just i i cannot understand how these people are able to beat these games in the times that they do i mean yes a lot of times they use like you know uh in in-game glitches you know to get um you know to to make progress that you wouldn't be able to do normally but still it's a uh, it's it's very cool what they're doing um they have two um events uh annually games done quick summer was previously done in uh it was from uh july 26th to august 1st and awesome games done quick uh winter is coming up uh january 3rd through the 10th games done quick 2016 is coming up um and is going to be held at the hilton dulles airport hotel in in herndon virginia um attendee registration is going to be is uh going to be opening up very soon here on october 22nd um you can find out more information about them at games and um, they uh, they announced that uh, the uh, summer games done quick 2015, um, and as of August 5th, the total tally of money raised was one million two hundred thirty three thousand eight hundred forty four dollars, all raised for Doctors Without Borders. Um, it was their biggest and most successful um, summer games done quick um, in their history. And, um, you know, they're uh, be more uh, announcing more information about their summer games done quick for 2016 coming up soon here. Um, but uh, but yeah, just a, just another another way of being able to take an aspect of the video gaming community speedrunners and just being able to make a charity out of it. Um, you know, it's just a, it's just a wonderful excuse for people to be able to play games and just do some good at the same time. Yeah, man, I, I can't complain, you know, that, that people are taking any sort of time out of their Busy and probably crazy lives to try and carve something out to help other people is is never a bad thing in my book. Yep. Now, of, of course, it um, it uh, it would uh, we should probably say that um, you know that the, the the charities that we have mentioned here are ones that um, you know that we have looked into and that you know we can give our thumbs up on and approve and everything. But of course, not all charities are created equal. So before uh, before you decide to uh, you give your hard earned money to any charity, make sure to check them out and make sure that yeah. there are reputable and um have a you know, have a you know a good background and that um you don't have to worry about um your hard-earned and uh you know well well-intentioned donated money um you just want to make sure that it's going to where you're going to want to make sure it's going to so do your research yeah, do your homework and make sure you feel good about spending your money if you don't reputable or not if you don't like it don't do it and obviously don't donate money that you can't afford to donate That's right. <laughs> because you don't need to be on the other side of that uh, formula right. but uh, but yeah so those are some of the charities that uh, that that we picked out of the list that we can recommend to you and uh for our mailbag we asked uh, uh if you guys had anything that you'd recommend so mailbag's coming up next So before we get started with the uh, mailbag responses, we have a voicemail, which may also be a mailbag response. But uh, hey, voicemails! Hey, Gamerhead Radio, this is Matt Elfring. Um, I am sorry, I've been I've been very busy. Um, we missed you playing music with my old band. Um, it's a New York Comic Con in New York City. Uh, but what I'm here to to say today, I don't have a pitch for you. Um, I want to apologize. I want to apologize to everybody listening. Um, because Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5 was all me. 100%. All me. You know, I was hanging out with Little Wayne, uh, drinking some of that bubbly. And Little Wayne said, hey, why why don't you go hook up with Activision and make a new Tony Hawk game? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. We high-fived. And we called Tony. Uh, he's on my speed dial. He's number three. I'm like, Tony, what's up? Let's make, let's make this game. I'm like, yeah. And we talked to Activision. Activision's like, hey... Matt, great to see you. Missed you a lot. 
let's make the Tony Hawk game, but let's make it in five weeks. And I was like, what? The Tony Hawk game in five weeks? Like, no way. Like, what, you want to put some HD rendering on Tony Hawk 2 or 3 since there was, there was one? <laughs> and he's like, no, brand new game. What do you want to bring to this game? And I'm like, all right, uh, let's make it all online. Um, so, like, you can watch people skate. You just be like, this is not a horrible idea. Let's, uh, let's add this new thing when you press the grind button in there, you slam down and you grind on things. Like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. And I was like, hey, let's make this game glitchy as hell. And they're like, yeah, what do you mean? Like, I'm like, let's just make it, like, where people fall for no reason and, like, go through walls and clip through walls to the digital universe. And they were like, are you sure, man? Like, that sounds like an awful idea for a video game. And I'm like, no, don't, dude, don't. You know me, Activision, I play straight. Um, so we did it, we made a really glitchy game, and, uh, yeah, I guess people didn't like it. I don't know if people understood that it was supposed to be a joke. Like, they were like, oh, it's a new Tony Hawk game. And it's like, well, you've got, like, ten to play. You can play Ride, that was terrible. Or you can play the other ones, which are all the same with different levels. But you've got enough. Oh, you want a brand new one? Okay, here. Ah, uh, joke's on you, it's awful. Um... I did. I did tell them when we were putting it out, though, that I wanted to be three dollars and not sixty. So I bet sixty <laughs> bullshit. On That's where they went wrong. I wanted to be three dollars on Microsoft uh, Xbox Live Store. Um, and uh, again, I am very sorry uh, to have purchased the game uh, for full price. But also, you're kind of a sucker. Like it, it didn't look good. <laughs> All right, Gamerhead. Uh, I'm out of five, four, three, two, one, zero. <laughs> we missed you, Matt. <laughs> well, that explains why it was so terrible. So, it was supposed so, to be. <laughs> so they were going for, like, Goat Simulator. Like, ha, yeah. it's supposed to be this glitchy. Yeah. Ha, look how fun it is. Um, somebody missed the memo off Matt's desk, apparently. Well, I I think if they had listened to him and if they had made it $3 instead of 60 mm-hmm. I think then it would have been very obvious. But um, I don't know, man. I, I have a feeling that he intentionally had that game sabotaged so that he could, uh, he could, he could help pump up and hype the next Smile Party sequel. Can't wait, man. It's going to be good. Um, that actually makes a lot, a lot of sense. <laughs> mm. um, Do the math, man. Read between move. the lines, motherfucker. <laughs> so, uh, in, in, in the vein of the mailbag, we had a, a Twitter response from, uh, One Track Punk. Uh, he says, uh, two come to mind. Of course, Extra Life and Summer Games Done Quick both utilize streaming games on Twitch for charity, which we covered and... Yep, we agree. <laughs> And that's it. Yeah, <laughs> those are uh, those you, are uh, now uh, given. I I did post that question a bit later than I usually do. Um, bit busy, sorry. Um, but uh, but yeah. So um, thank you for uh, your responses. And uh, Matt, uh, we miss you. Um, but I, uh, but yeah. I kind of want to get Elfring in here and Meckler to have a a, a twenty five debate. <laughs> Um, Meckler has uh, promised, by the way, that a, a that a Tony Hawk Five uh, review is forthcoming. By Can't the way. wait! So that, uh, that that's going to be a good time. Um, we should have we should have Elfring um, uh, rebuttal to it. I'm half expecting Meckler's yes. Meckler's review of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Five <laughs> to be a voicemail of him crying for five and a half straight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that may be Eric Abridge. Grown man sobbing. Yes. And after today's voicemail, it'll probably end with why Elfring why. <laughs> Yeah, no. yeah, pretty much. Good stuff. Um, yeah, Matt, uh, make sure make sure if Meckler starts poking questions about where you live, maybe don't answer that. No, um, ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, he'll show up on your lawn and show you his ass. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, well, uh, speaking of Meckler's ass, what do you have going on, John? <laughs> Why would you direct that at me? My God. I would like to clarify and state that I have nothing going on with Mackler's ass this week. However, the hand motion you just made was somewhat ass-like. Well, you know, it was, you know, figure. I gave you the lighter version. I could have asked you if you were plugging Mackler's ass this week. I will say, though, that I think Mackler's ass would be a fantastic punk band name. I say that shit all the time. You know, various things. You're going to hear me say it a lot. But, yeah, Mackler's ass. Let's stop talking about Mackler's ass. Sorry, Danny. Um, this week, it's, I it's am, that Blood Moon picture he put I, up. It's just yes. it's it's, uh, it's subconsciously still in our brains. I wouldn't say subconscious. No, it's, it's tattooed. Haunting. It's, it's tattooed in the front image, of my really. brain. <laughs> it's a haunting image. Um, the the I God. <laughs> this week I have I have not much going on. I'm actually uh, trying to keep things quiet because my son's first birthday is going to be on the twenty second. I can't fucking I I can't fathom it. It blows my mind. So I'm just going to be getting some things ready for his little birthday thing that we're going to do, having some family together for his birthday, and just so hang out. Here, here's a question for us uninitiated: yeah. Was the wedding or the first birthday harder to plan or more stressful? Oh God, I, I know the answer to that. Uh, well, considering we got married, uh, you know, at the courthouse by a justice of the peace, oh, it was not true. stressful at all. And uh, I, no, man, there's no fucking stress. There's just joy and happy times. That's so it. So you're not going into panic dad mode that this has to be perfect? No, no, okay. not at all. Well, first of all, he's not going to fucking remember it anyways. We were going to buy a $60 cake for him to eat, and then I was just like, why? <laughs> why would we do that? I'll make him a sheet cake and smash it into his face. It's gonna, the end result's going to be the same, and the pictures are going to be great wait, either wait, way. Wait, there you go. Wait, it all makes sense now. Mm-hmm. All makes sense. Oh. We don't need this stupid cake, but I need this Mad Max for the exact same price. <laughs> I actually no. No, because I checked that shit out from the library like like the ghetto Puerto Rican that I am. So, um um yeah, yeah, no, that's it for me for this week. It's just, you know, it's gonna be keeping it chill. Um Vs for Villains is gonna be getting together to talk about a few things. We've taken a couple weeks off to just do nothing because we were just all burnt out. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, not just going to hang for the week. What about you, Goat? <laughs> you might need a minute. <laughs> Definitely not being a ghetto Puerto Rican with the first birthday on the docket. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Jesus. Hey, man, don't you sass me. I'll chank you. I got to stab you in the reefs. I'll take keep, your hubcaps, motherfucker. You keep, you, <laughs> you keep your judo on that side of the room. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> on what my is, side of the is, room what is happening I have no <laughs> idea we hired the nice guy this is what we get this has been an unusually long recording for you guys yeah we're, like, we're punch drunk we've been, we've been recording for a long time and it's like yep. midnight so we're all yep. falling asleep you, I, you, you, you guys have been down this road with us before it's always fun either Charlie's true. drunk we're tired or we're drunk and Am tired drunk no, 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 those are the three options. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's one of the options. That, so, that's absolutely one of the options. On my end of things, I got nothing going on. We're kind of on a hold with the record right now, having a couple technical issues, not a big deal. Uh, just got to get over that hurdle real quick. It's been, it's a fucking record. It's plagued with everything. I swear to God, like, if you're going to do something, never make a record. There's far better <laughs> things in your life you could do. Um, Unless you're a musician, then make a record. But yeah. uh, other than that, I just, I, nothing really. I mean, I'm try. I'm gonna try to get some fucking gaming done this week. Like get get caught up. I got Telltale's burying me alive. Uh, and that is my uh, my goal is to get at least to like zero with them. I mean, you're probably gonna do this anyways. But just mm-hmm. my recommendation is just to buy. You know the the four ninety nine just episode one first. Don't just buy like all you know. Like oh no no, I only buy I buy them episodically anyways. Because oh okay okay. 
one, yeah, I get the fact that $25 or $20 for a $25 game is cheaper all at once. But it's more cost-effective to me to spend $5 every couple months. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So I'm like, whatever, um, you get your money. But even putting that aside, um, because if you buy the four ninety nine pack and mm-hmm. then the uh, the nineteen ninety nine um, um, add on that is the rest of the episodes, mm-hmm. it is a penny cheaper than buying the twenty four ninety nine um, all in one shot. Charlie, we've covered this. <laughs> I will never have a five dollar PlayStation Four. I sure as hell will not have a penny cheaper game. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, good. Um, but uh, yeah. So uh, speaking of uh, the person, probably has the most going on. What do you got going on, Sir Ponies? It's a me, Ponyville, uh, Ponyo, um, Ponyo. <laughs> don't ever wow. say that again. That sounds like things we don't need to be speaking of. All right, I am not going to probe on that further. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so yeah so it's a little just as john mentioned a little bit of background trivia we typically um gather at 7 p.m on sunday uh start recording in the ballpark of eight and typically we're done by like 10 30 or like 11 or so as you guys know it, this is typically between an hour and a half to our podcast it is currently midnight so none of that so, happened um, shit yeah so uh yeah one of those um <clears throat> Um, yeah, so on my side of things, uh, Ponyville Cider Fest, um, so help me, God, we will have the, um, the, the schedule. <laughs> you almost went full Charlton Heston right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will have the schedule and, um, of panels and musicians, um, posted by the end of this week, hopefully by the time we record next week. If those things aren't done, I'm going to be very upset. Um, we just got the, um, I should say I just got the full list of all of our vendors and our, and our vendor hall map, uh, all posted. So if you're curious at all to see the um, like uh, like 35 odd vendors, they're going to be at Cider Fest this year and all their different things that they are selling and producing. Um, that's all up online for your uh, ingesting pleasure. And um, yeah, the uh, panels and all that fun stuff uh, will hopefully be coming up soon. Uh, a couple community guest announcements should also be uh, th- this week should be chock full of announcements. I really, really, really hope because I really need to start putting that con book together. Um, but uh, but yeah, aside from that, um, PonyvilleCiderFest.com. Uh, for all of your cider festy pony billy needs um <laughs> after that's gonna be uh you know then pretty much flipping over and starting to work on planning uh winnie city and mlp msp so hooray um so you get to find the finish line to cross it and start over at game plus <laughs> um yes i i do there's points in my life i don't envy you this is one of them <laughs> um Yes. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, listeners, if you could start uh, just pulling together and trolling the shit out of John and the VN for villains, uh, I'd love to see P is for ponies play a con anytime this year. I would pay so much money. Yes. Disturbing. I, yes. I, I wouldn't actually yes. because I don't have it to spend, but um, I would, I would to have it. I would donate to the cause to see P is for ponies. Still disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> there are plenty of songs for you to cover there, John. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so... Um, so for next week's show, um, we are basically going to have a roundtable discussion on uh, games that we have found to have really excellent level design. And um, so each of us will be uh, going over some of the the ones that we feel that we have been particularly impressed by and uh, why we really like them and uh, what we really liked about them. And so that's going to be our topic for next week. And so as such, our mailbag question to you is going to be uh, just that. Uh, when uh, some of the various games that you've played, have there been any that have stood out to you as having just really particularly good level design and why? So that that is our mailbag question to you for next week. 
And with all that being said, uh, while you're looking forward to that, if you've liked what you heard, you can find us at GamerHeadRadio.com, at Facebook.com backslash GamerHeadRadio, and on Google Plus at Google.com backslash plus GamerHeadRadio, and on Twitter at GamerHeadRadio, where uh, I'm at T-E-K-Charlie, Goat is at Sir Goatsworth, and John is at the Fallon Flynn. Uh, you can contact us at uh, editors at GamerHeadRadio.com or leave us a message at 94926Gamer. Uh, so you can download the official app on Google Play and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, YouTube, Twitch, or with your podcast downloader of choice, as well as on uh, uh, on SoundCloud. So help me God, um, this time really for real, <laughs> for actual realsies, for realsies. Uh, the channel currently exists. There's just nothing on it. Um Backslash Gamerhead Radio as per usual. Uh, SoundCloud.com backslash Gamerhead Radio. Thank you, Goat. <laughs> um, no, actually, thank you to Goat because he's the one who actually... I made the thing. He, we just got to get Charlie he, to put the thing on the thing. <laughs> and that's dirty. Um, so thank you very much for listening. This has been yet another episode of, of Gamerhead Gamer Radio. Of, of exhausted Gamerhead Radio. I know it's the other way. It's fucking stuck in my head, man. <laughs> Call us, do it, let's party. Megan, get the belches into your uh, normal I speech. told Megan I'm going to work on it, actually, because his Justin Roiland's voice is right in my range, because yeah. he does Lemon Grab on uh, on Adventure Time, yeah. and I do Lemon Grab all the time to Luca, because he thinks it's funny, mm-hmm. even though so Lemon could, Grab is fucking disturbing. So you could do Rick, no problem. I, if I work on it, I probably can, because Lemon Grab's voice is basically just an offshoot of Morty's voice. Like, Morty and Lemon Grab sound really similar. Oh, okay. Nasally and kind of whiny, and yeah. so, like, I'll do to... There's a little character in Adventure Time called, uh, they call them Little Baby Lemon Sweets. It's this little lemon doll that the two Lemon Grab brothers fight over and call it their their, side, their child. It's really weird. Okay. And so I'll, I'll look at Luca and he'll give me this little like, like toothy monkey grin when I do it. I'll go, <laughs> mm, mm, little baby lemon sweets. Mm, we'll fetch our son a sleeping bonnet. Mm, beautiful. You know, so he kind of sounds a little bit like Morty. Yeah. And um, his Rick is just a deeper version of that. So I'm going to work on Rick because I feel like I could do that. I'm all for it. One million years dungeon. Acceptable.